Hi, I'm Tom Hansen. And I'm Kat Hansen. In 2014, our son Harding was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And since then, we have experienced the ups and downs that come along with being a CHD parent. In this podcast, we share some of the lessons we've learned along the way and the things we wish we knew at the start of our journey. In each episode, we also chat with CHD experts to get their stories of hope, encouraging insights, and valuable resources to give parents like us the right help at the right time. This is the Hope and Courage Podcast. Man, we got a great episode for him today. What are we going to be talking about, Kat? Today, we're going to talk about our story of Harding's CHD diagnosis. Yeah, and we're also going to talk about how we processed the diagnosis of our child, CHD, and the lessons and insights that we've learned at that stage in the journey, right? Yes. Absolutely. Some good stuff. So before we jump in, why don't we introduce ourselves? So Kat, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is a Kat Hansen? I'm dying to know. Well, I'm surprised after 15 years of marriage that you don't already know the answer to this question, but... No one is more shocked than me. (laughs) You are a mysterious woman. So much to learn. Yeah. So we live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am the wife to Tom and the mom to Audrey, who is nine right now, and Harding, who is seven. And yeah, I graduated from Northern Kentucky University and I have had a number of jobs. Usually they're focused around writing, though, business writing, uh, helping with some social media management type stuff. Uh, But most recently I've been working at a local nonprofit doing some coordinating there. Great. Yeah. And I'm Tom. And uh, like Kat said, we've been married for 15 years. We've got two kids. Uh, I work as a corporate trainer. And uh, one of my big things is I love just going on adventures with the kids. Yeah, you're so good at that. And, you know, sometimes that ends up with a scraped knee, some some tears. But, you know, it's all about building memories. And that's that's what I love. Yeah, absolutely. So our CHD diagnosis came during an ultrasound, which I'm sure many of our CHD parents can relate to that. Yes. Um, But let's go back to that point in our story and maybe set the stage kind of where we were at that point in our lives. Yeah. So at that time, Audrey was about 18 months old. We were looking to get pregnant again. We actually did get pregnant again, but unfortunately that pregnancy resulted in a miscarriage at around eight weeks. Uh, And when we went in for a follow-up appointment with my doctor, he suggested us trying to get pregnant again right away because he said that was when you would be, or you, not you, but me, me. when I would be (laughs) the most fertile to try for another pregnancy. So we did that and we ended up getting pregnant again. Um, And... Because we had had a miscarriage before this pregnancy, we were a little slow to really believe that it was going to go all the way through, that we weren't going to lose the baby again. So we didn't go to doctor's appointments that we maybe should have gone to early on. (laughs) Right. We actually ended up waiting till I was 20 weeks before I saw a doctor, which I would not recommend (laughs) anyone else to do that. But we were scared, so that's what ended up happening. So then at 22 weeks, we went in for a um, the gender ultrasound. Yeah, yeah. And so 
by that time we were walking in there, um, really, I think for the first time, because of the miscarriage, kind of believing that this was real and we were kind of allowing ourselves to emotionally get caught up and, you know, you do the things that you do as a parent and you Mm -hmm. kind of visualize like, what is life going to be like with this child? How's our family going to change? What's their name going to be? All Mm -hmm. the things that we're going to do. Uh, we started kind of going there, right? Right. And we were really excited to learn the the gender, I think, for us because we we're big planners and we yes. had everything in spreadsheets, like, ready to go. And we wanted to know names and names were important and how we determined those and what na- what value or meaning behind the names that we could find. All that kind of stuff we were ready to do. Yeah, I was, I honestly, most, I mean, most parents don't admit to this, but I was really hoping for a girl um just because i really wanted audrey to have a little sister i was interested to see how audrey would be as a big sister to a little sister but i'm pretty sure tom you were okay with whatever yeah gender. i think it was the the stereotypical like macho dad like i want a son but then when we had our first child audrey we had a daughter and i was like daughters are amazing yeah, <laughs> like they're they are the incredible <laughs> like i would dev- definitely do this again if i if we could and but yeah. um but yeah so we walk in it's the it's kind of the standard scene mm-hmm. we get in the room it's dark the screens you had to get up on the table the jelly on the belly jelly on the belly <laughs> that <laughs> band name i called it <laughs> uh and so then we uh they kind of start the the ultrasound so the sonographer walks in and she is just as chatty as she can be she tells us all about her family and the three boys that she has Uh, and we loved it we love a a chatty sonographer Mm -hmm. uh so she's gets into it she's pointing out the head and the hands and the feet and then she enthusiastically tells us that we will be having a boy and i was shocked but very happy that we would be having a boy. Absolutely. Um, and then it, it's so crazy. And I, it's almost like the scene, I feel like any CHD parent who learned about a diagnosis in an ultrasound can relate to this. She's chatty. It's happy. We're, everything's going smoothly. And mm-hmm. then it's like something changes in the room. It's like the temperature just completely drops. The mood mm-hmm. changes. And it was... And our chatty sonographer just went stone silent, staring at the screens for a good five minutes. Right. To the point, I mean, silent for so long to the point that you, like, spoke up and said, is there something wrong? Right. And then she kind of snaps out of it and she goes, no, no, I'm just having trouble seeing things. I'm going to have to ask my nurse practitioner to come in, take a look, um, just because I'm having trouble getting some good pictures. Right. And for me, I thought she leaves and... For me at that point, which is, was uncharacteristic of me, I was the optimist <laughs> in that scenario. Usually I'm the pessimist, but I was just like not thinking that there was something wrong. But you were immediately thinking that there was something wrong. Yeah, I was fearing for the worst, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I was thinking maybe the equipment's faulty or maybe she's new at her job. You know, I I didn't really expect there to be anything wrong. But then the... A nurse practitioner comes back in, and she's not as chatty, but still nice, and she's going through the motions. She's not really talking to us much as she's checking out things. And I just remember staring at those screens and just 
trying to will whatever she saw to just change. I'm like, right. can, I'm praying. I'm staring at the screens. I'm using yeah. every bit of my power just to try to impact that outcome. Right. And I think when she came in and she wasn't really talking about what she was doing or seeing, that's when I started to think that, oh, maybe, maybe this is more serious than I think that it is. And then the nurse practitioner stops. She turns around and she says to us, your son has several severe heart defects. Yeah. And that was just like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Like a, a like bomb a, went off. Like a bomb went off. Yeah. Like I instantly started hearing her in underwater type sounds. Like I couldn't make out what she was saying. And there's nothing that you can really liken that moment to when you find out that your entire life is changed in an instant yeah everything that you thought was normal or every expectation you had was completely turned on its head right it was gone and you're just flooded with all these different emotions right like you're instantly shocked scared fearful mad upset like (laughs) any um, emotion you could possibly have you end up having all in that one moment Um, And the thing that I remember feeling is just really alone, you know, like something we talked a lot about was at that point in our lives, we had lots of friends and lots of friends who were having kids all around the same time. And none of them had heart defects, had birth defects or issues at all. And you, you, this was, we were like the first ones Mm -hmm. that we knew in our circle to have a, a birth defect. And you just... When you don't know anyone, when you can't picture that, when you didn't even see it as a possibility, it's incredibly isolating getting news like that. Right. Yeah. And then, so the next thing she says is, but the people over at Cincinnati Children's can help you. They've got surgeries. They're going to walk you through. I'm going to call them right now and send you guys over there. Yeah. I mean, I mean our first interaction of many interactions with the children's hospital here in Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati Children's, which is the most world-class organization we've ever worked with. I mean, they're incredible. I compare every doctor I interact with now with the doctors at Cincinnati (laughs) Children's. Which is kind of a problem. It is kind of a problem. You're almost like, oh my gosh. Once you experience greatness, (laughs) (laughs) it's like nothing else measures up. And, and that's serious. I mean, we're being completely serious. They are the best of the best. They're nationally ranked in their pediatric cardiology department. Um, fantastic people right. over there. Can't say enough good yeah. things about them. So we go straight from the routine scheduled ultrasound where we got the news of the heart defect, but we didn't get any details. Right. And we immediately drove to Cincinnati Children's and we had to go through another ultrasound right a a fetal echocardiogram i think is what they called it where they just specifically did a uh examination of his heart for about an hour uh and that's a long time to wait after you've received news like that um it is a long time to wait but also you know i think in retrospect i mean how lucky were we that we could find out in the same day. We had answers Absolutely. the same day. I, I know Absolutely. there are CHD parents out there and families 
that wait days and weeks to get any kind of answers. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, in the same day of finding out the diagnosis, to learn the specifics of it and what the treatment plan would be. Yeah. I mean, we're just incredibly lucky. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Society Children's is, what, 15, 20 minutes from our house? That is unheard of. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the story of of this whole thing, right? It's, you know, the blessings and the challenges, right? It's like, yeah, this is a challenging predicament that no one would ever want to be in. But then you count your blessings of just, we live in Cincinnati, we live 15 minutes from the Children's Hospital, a nationally Mm -hmm. ranked cardiology um, department. It's, it's all, that's, that's really incredible. Right. So after that, fetal echocardiogram, the pediatric cardiologist comes in and he was so, so nice, so understanding, immediately acknowledged the, the shock we were feeling, um, was very like attentive to that. And then launched right into, okay, here are the heart defects that your son has. So Harding was diagnosed with Hypoplastic right heart syndrome, coarctation of the aorta, and transposition of the great arteries. That is a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, when, you, <laughs> when you're in a state of shock and you only have a rudimentary knowledge of the human body from, you know, biology class in high school, he might as well have been speaking a totally different language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was shocked just to learn that a heart is not heart-shaped. <laughs> right. That was a shock for me. Yeah. Oh. They had a big diagram of a heart. And we were like, wow, really? That's what the heart is. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and a little bit about those diagnoses, like the biggest one and the most severe defect he had was hypoplastic right heart syndrome, HRHS, which is a very rare um, defect. Um it's the more common um, defect kind of associated with ventricles is HLHS, both still very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but of them, Harding is kind of the kind of offshoot with the HRHS. To give you a little bit of context, you know, your heart has two ventricles left and right. Those ventricles push and pull blood through your body. Um, and the left one or the right one being undersized to where it can't function the way it needs to function that's more or less the defect. Right. And some people refer to it as like having half a heart. Right. Like you, if you have a under, one only one ventricle that's working, you really only have half a heart that's working for you. And what's crazy, and so this just some, and this is part of what it means to be a CHD parent. You, you learn. You have to learn and you're a parent and you're a caregiver and you're a nurse. You're, mm-hmm. You have lots of different hats that you wear. Um, but what we learned was that there's really no fixing this defect. I right. mean, th- this, it can't be fixed. Really, what they have to do via surgical operations, multiple surgical operations, is restructure and redesign the entire human circulatory system to operate on a single ventricle. Which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, these these series of surgeries, there's three surgeries that go along with that. Um and they've only been around since the late 80s. Um, or, yeah, even commonly used in the 90s. Right. 
So it's like a whole new generation of people are walking the earth that have never walked it before. Like if our son, if Harding had been born when we were born in 1984, he wouldn't had had a shot at living. They would have recommended comfort care until he passed. Yeah, it's, you know? and that's no joke. We actually found a textbook in just learning and growing through all this stuff about uh, pediatric cardiology. And we looked up Harding's condition. This book was written in the 70s, 80s? In the 80s. In the 80s. And it said no real treatment plan. Uh, children likely only live a month. If Harding was born when we were born, he would have only lived a month. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah, it, it is crazy. And so there's th really three big surgeries what we learned. Again, not fixing it, not correcting it, but redesigning and restructuring uh, his, his circulatory system. And they're called the Norwood, the Glenn, and the Fontan. Each mm -hmm. of those named after the surgeon that created it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first surgery is really the trickiest one. It's the one that um, carries the most risk with it. Uh, but if you can get through that one, your odds of getting through the next two increase pretty well. So, and that and the other part is how often these things have changed. Like Harding's seven now mm -hmm. and doing great, um, but even in those seven years, they've they've had advancements and developments. It's it's really crazy, right? And so, you know, what we learned first of all. So let's talk a little bit about processing this heavy news so we kind of went into what was the diagnosis what did it mean but how did that make us feel how do you mm -hmm. let's talk about how because i know any chd parent out there one of the biggest hurdles they got to get over is the weeks and months that follow getting that traumatic news yeah it was really difficult i think when we left that appointment you know we had to go pick up audrey and and from the from the babysitter and I just remember just holding her as I just kind of grieved the loss of normalcy. I was really scared. It was it was really difficult to have to call people and tell cuz you have we went into it expecting to just find out the gender so we had family and friends waiting by, waiting for the news. Waiting to hear whether or not it was going to be a boy or a girl and we got to deliver that news, but then we also had to share the heartbreaking part of it. And that was really difficult. It was challenging. And I think the biggest way that we described our mindset in the weeks and months that followed was we, it was just we were trying to escape reality. Yes, 100%. And, and the, we had two ways of doing that. We, we kind of call them. These are the terms that we use. The two ways that we escaped reality when we were struggling with the news of our child's CHD diagnosis was with paralyzing despair and naive optimism. And so paralyzing despair was definitely something that you had yeah, to work that was through. More, that was more of what I think I was going through. Um, I, was, I really, really struggled with depression. Um, and I remember, you know, I would put Audrey down for a nap. And then that would be my time to grieve and really just feel all the feelings. You know, I would sit down in a corner and just cry and, sh and my body would be shaking out of fear of the future, not knowing what was going to 
come, but knowing for sure that it was going to be hard and it was going to be hard on all of us, you know, afraid of whether or not Harding would survive all this, afraid of how it would all impact Audrey uh, and how it would impact our marriage. You know, I was, I was so fearful of the future. And so it just caused me to do a lot of the things that we all do to kind of numb ourselves out, which is just like watch a lot of shows and just kind of let go of taking care of yourself. You just kind of go into survival mode. And that's definitely what I struggled with for sure. Yeah. And it's like when you're just surviving, it's like, you're not making plans. You're not growing. Mm -hmm. You're not, um, getting better nothing around you is is improving survival mode's a tough place to i mean it's a necessary place i mean don't get me wrong we Mm -hmm. have we have out of necessity spent time um in survival mode and shouldn't feel bad about that but there's definitely times where you have to turn the the dial and you have to start planning thinking growing advancing improving the world around you and um, it's, that's definitely hard to do when you're just paralyzed with despair. But the other mindset that we used to escape was, you know, weirdly, and this might sound weird, but naive optimism. It might sound weird like we escaped with optimism, but the way we describe that is naive optimism. Right. Because optimism is really important, mm-hmm. right? And, and having hope is really important. But there's, you can use that to escape. And for us, it was just things like... And putting your hope in the wrong things. Yeah. And we would just say, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. You know, with kind of ignoring the hard facts, we would even say things like, you know what? He's going to defy the odds or he's going to prove the doctors wrong or this thing is going to be fixed before um, the birth. Because we would kind of snap back. For me, it felt like it was like a slingshot back and forth. I would just get paralyzed with despair. And then I would just get a head of steam and go you know what? It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Um, he's going to be a normal kid. No issues, no problems, no different. Mm-hmm. But the problem there is the moment you do get a hard fact, which we did, it wasn't just the diagnosis. We After that, we were going to multiple appointments every week and we were getting updates and changes and hard facts were coming and going and mm-hmm. and things were changing. And so we many times we would grab onto a foothold um, that that was just kind of like naively being optimistic about something and ignoring the hard facts. And then when the hard facts came, we fell even harder. Right, and and that hurt even worse than <laughs> yeah it hurt before. You know, to fall that hard from hope, and it was all because we were just putting our hope in the things that you can't put your hope in. You know, so yeah, that's another another way that that. CHD parents like us, you know, can escape from the reality of the hardship. Yeah, absolutely. And what we learned, and this was, man, this was a transforming insight when we learned it. It not only saved us in that season Mm -hmm. um, and helped us not only get to the birth, but get there not in a perfect state but it it got us there it got us what we needed it gave us the hope and the courage and the strength that we needed this insight is an insight that we've carried with us in the seven years that we've had ups and downs with our son chd but it it was really this idea of unwavering realistic optimism i know that's a mouthful (laughs) let's say it again unwavering realistic optimism five times fast 
Uh, no. <laughs> How dare you? This is the most valuable insight, cat. No. So, you know, but it really was, you know, because what it did for us, you know, we'll break that down. Unwavering. Yeah. Means that we don't give up. Right. We're not backing down. This is, we have an optimism that cannot be shut out. And again, it comes along with realistic expectations. And realistic expectations at this stage really are, we have no idea what to expect, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that, that CHD parents that we've learned so much is you have to let go of your expectations and you don't know what the future holds. That can be terrifying, but that can also just be something that you can learn to embrace the uncertainty of the future. But what we learned was you have to have optimism, but you have to be realistic with it. And what what we would say to each other is, we don't know how, we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't even know if our son's going to going to make it. Right. We don't know if he's going to have some kind of limitation physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. We don't know any of that, but we just know and we just believe that whatever will happen will be for the good and we will be better and stronger as a family, as a couple um, than we would have been without this thing. Right. CHD, the diagnosis of CHD is a giant of a diagnosis and it can be overwhelming and scary and you can either choose to let it break you you know and and break apart your family and and destroy things or you can use it for the good of your family regardless of the circumstance regardless of the ups and downs that come along with it you as a family have a choice on how that CHD diagnosis is going to affect you. Right. Nothing that we're saying is easy, but I believe that that is a huge part of why we've gotten to where we are mentally and emotionally. Um, The things that we've overcome and really getting to a point where we feel like we have something to share. Right. I really all came out of this idea that we believed that it was possible if we chose to be in the right mindset to get good out of whatever tragedy is coming. Yeah, Tragedy can make good in your life. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. No one would choose it. I mean, right. if we could take away Harding's diagnosis with a magic wand, we would do it in a heartbeat. Yes. No doubt. But... That's not a choice that we have. Right. But the choice that we do have is to allow the hardships to make good in our lives, however that looks. Right. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. In addition to this podcast, we have lots of other resources to help support, encourage, and equip CHD parents. These can all be found at TomandCatHanson.com. The one we are most excited about is our book. Yes, we've written a book. It's called Hope and Courage, Real Life Lessons from the Parents of a Child with Congenital Heart Disease. It's a must read for CHD parents because it gives you a story that only you can relate to and valuable insights you need to live a happy and fulfilling life. It's almost ready and you can sign up now on our website to join our mailing list to be the first notified when it's ready to be purchased. While you wait, we'll go ahead and send you a free resource, Top 10 Tips for CHD Parents, which you will love. 
You can follow us at Tom and Cat Hansen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps this project grow. With that, we'll talk to you next time.